This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones. It is ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We want to thank you for humping in with us on a hump day Wednesday. Yeah, I said hump in. Yeah, we humping in on this day. We're trying to get it done, get to the weekend. But before we do all of that, we got to talk about what we got going on for the show today. Yeah. T, let me tell you. Oh, man, the Braves. Brian Snicker might have some hard decisions to make and... With your boy Akeem Hicks being signed to the Buccaneers, what do the Falcons do now? <laughs> we'll talk about that. And then for the culture, the NFL just want all the money. And knee alone. That's all I got to say. We'll talk about all that. Before we get there, we got to start off with the Atlanta Braves last night. They are now 23-27 and 27 and 50 games in. They lose to the Diamondbacks in extra NST. What the heck is going on? I normally, you know, optimistic manager. He's even throwing shots kind of out there like, hey, we shot ourselves in the foot. We didn't play a good ball game. It's a very ugly game. We didn't make enough pitches. Even Brian Snicker is kind of like, it seemed like he just fed up with what the Braves got going on right now. Yeah, I think it's a head scratcher for everybody. And you sit there and you think to yourself, okay, you look at Umberto Castellanos and you say, this dude gives up almost six runs a game. This yeah. dude only strikes out about three. This should really be a game where the Braves feast, right? That's right, right, exactly. That yep. They should be feasting. But you don't think about that other side like, okay, but are you going to also not let them feast, right? Right, right. So literally, you have the game that you want from Matt Olson. He recovers from a bad defensive outing in game yes. one to give mm -hmm. you a four-hit night. This guy is doing his job low-key as far as the offense goes. He is second in the majors in uh, extra base hits with 29. So he got you what you needed last night, and you're rolling. You're thinking, okay, you're up 6-2. Everything should be fine, except it wasn't. Because what right. the Diamondbacks did was creep, 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 creep back into the game until they – found themselves in a situation of going into extra innings. Extra innings <sighs> against the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks, yeah. And, and you it, can it, lose your, your bullpen essentially loses this game for you. Will Smith, Kenley Jansen, Jackson Stevens. Another blown save, by the way, exactly. by Kenley Jansen, yeah. And, yeah, and I want to talk about him, you know, and give that a little bit of energy specifically. But, yeah, mm -hmm. there you go with allowing enough runs to basically blow a four-run lead, and now you're walking away. You're coming back into the game today with the possibility of getting swept by the Diamondbacks. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of where we are right now. And I say we as a city because we've had to – watch this crap you know what i'm saying but that's what it is right now to me like this is what it is this is crap like why are we going through this because you know you have a situation where you know the you know you got michael harris who's supposed to be a good story who's supposed yeah. to be you know he got his essentially that was supposed to be the game winning rbi then kind of seal the game and and, mm -hmm. and and put the braves over the top um and, and get a dub but you yeah. just have this stupid stuff that keeps happening you got adam duvall out here 
you know, being lackadaisical out in left field and all that. And we'll kind of get to that in a, in a second as far yeah. as, like, the decision that I think Snickers is going to have to make uh, pretty, coming soon. But I, it's just – it's sickening at times. Like, and, and I don't blame Brian Snicker for, you know, saying what exactly what it is because, you know, we like we said, I know I said I wasn't going to mention last year in here, but I think it, it kind of – I think yeah. it, it kind of is fitting right now. Right you know, now. like we yeah. fit the, last year is over with. Those days are gone. I was even reading um, a comment about um, what about from Kirby Smart, who we'll get mm-hmm. to in just a second. He was talking about how he had to kind of cleanse those guys from last year because this is a new year. Those guys that are here, that were here last year, they aren't here. And it's the same go for the Braves. Freddie Freeman is no longer here. Jorge Soler is no longer here. You know, this team, this is a different squad. That's why it calls for a different approach, a different mindset. And they just have not found that in order to get them where they need to be. And that's where they should be competing for, at least the division for a fifth year in a row. Right, and it's tough to know what to do. I, I understand Brian uh, Snickers' frustration as well because right. it's where do I begin? You know, right. do I look yeah. at the fifth wrote the fifth spot in the rotation and try to figure out what what to do with that? Do I pull Spencer Strider into that space? And every time I go up, down, up, down for whomever I send down to Gwinnett, bring them back up to Gwinnett. Because you could have uh, used Spencer in that in that space last night instead of uh, Will Smith, right? Right. And that's, yeah. that's where the dilemma comes because yeah. do you use a Spencer Strider and give him an opportunity to get into the fifth spot of the rotation or do you just accept and understand the fact that he's essentially going to be a part of your night shift and you right. need him to be a part of your night shift, especially when Kenley Jansen has now blown his third save in the last six opportunities. But it's a legit dilemma because that fifth spot in the rotation, low key, is having an impact on your bullpen. So yes. now you've got that dilemma that, that, that haunts you night in and night out. And then you wonder to yourself, okay, am I going to get a solid defensive performance or not? Like last night, I know, uh, night before last, rather, I know Tuesday night's game, game two didn't really have any blunders on that level, but it's always looming overhead, right? And right, then yeah. you've got the serious situation, like you said, with Adam Duvall. You've got that guy out there playing every game for 50 games. Isn't he like 36? Is he really? <laughs> right. Like, he's not a young whippersnapper. No. Let's go there. <laughs> yeah, running, people keep running him out there. Yes. Like, what you're seeing from him is probably more fatigue than anything. Right. So Give him a couple nights off. Yeah, exactly. And you do have to figure that thing out. And and then to your point, it's kind of a head scratcher because you're doing some desperate moves. And I don't say desperate as in a bad thing, Jarvis. I say you're making desperate moves in an attempt to jumpstart something, bringing Ronald Acuna Jr. back maybe into the outfield, maybe just a, a bit quicker than you wanted to. Bringing right. Michael Harris second up maybe a quick, a bit quicker than From you wanted AA. to. From double A. Right. Yeah. Have they delivered? Yeah, for the most part, they have delivered. But every now and again, then you see Acuna Jr., like something he did last night, where literally he tries to stretch the play. And instead of having a double, he's out at third. And that costs you runs because, and you can't fault him for being aggressive. That's what you love about him. Of course, yeah. You also say to yourself, not only did he cost you runs, he probably freaked you out trying to get to that third base because you wondered, oh my God, is he going to re injure yep. So that those are some serious dilemmas that Brian Snicker is facing where every time he thinks he solved an issue in one aspect of the game, here comes something else creeping up on him. 
it seems like it's just a domino effect. Like, okay, are we going to move Spencer Strider from the bullpen into the you know fifth um, starting rotation role? Okay, because we've been horrible, you know, in that in that space. I think like two and ten in that fifth spot. You know, that's not good. Mm-hmm. So you try to get that to try to switch things up and change things around. Then you have other issues. Okay, then your guy who you've been around, who's a savvy veteran, and Will Smith. Like, oh, okay, which we shouldn't be surprised because we saw it last year. It's just that mm-hmm. he was able to come through in certain yeah. moments. You know, they kind of helped you out, but we just understand where this team is. It seems like Snicker can't make a – he may make a right decision for that particular moment, but it seems like it's a domino effect after that. And I, I think that, you know, there's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. Like, hopefully, they don't, you know, the Braves can bounce back and, and get a win so they at least could save themselves from being swept like a, from a team by a team like the Arizona Diamondbacks. You know, the fact that I'm even saying it out loud just sounds so weird. But yeah. um, I, I think, though, like I mentioned earlier about Kirby Smart, right, you know, the SEC media days, he's mm-hmm. going down in, in Destin, and which is probably one my favorite place to go visit. I'm actually going to get a chance to go down there in, in June at the end of this month. We're in Dude. June, T. You know, I hope you know that, right? This year is just going yeah, so it's quickly. Birthday, yeah, it's I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we got to let me know what that day is because uh, – I don't think you ever told me before, but we'll figure it out. We'll get something going. We're gonna, we're gonna. I got. I may have some for you for your for your birthday, so we can get, work work that out for you. And uh, might have to get you a hot date. You know, I'm going to set you up, play matchmaker around this junk. That's how I get down. But we're gonna we're gonna keep it moving. We're gonna keep the move show moving. We don't want to bog down with with that type of stuff. But uh, I think. <laughs> Yeah, y'all see how she looking at me? Oh my God, I'm, being, I'm so in trouble after we finish this segment. But we're gonna, we're gonna wrap this bad boy up. But I think though, with with the media days, I think Kirby Smart is kind of don't want to get bogged down with conversations as well. When it comes to Jimbo <laughs> and Nick Saban, he is just like y'all. I don't want to get into that. Um, yeah. That's some Mickey Mouse stuff. Y'all should hear I the real it. stuff that goes on behind the scenes. If y'all heard that, y'all wouldn't. Even, y'all would think this was nothing. And he like, I, as a matter of fact, I'm done commenting about it. So, what do you think about Curry Smart just just absolving himself from this conversation completely? Yes, we have said from day one of this whole Nick Jimbo situation yeah. that Kirby was winning because Kirby yeah. had stayed above the fray the entire time. He, he even went so far as to say, hey, look, I got 15 players to recruit that I am focusing on. That is where my focus is. And yeah, low-key, did he throw some shade? Yeah, did he get some jabs in? Absolutely. You called it Mickey Mouse. You said this was something that you had seen before when you were all <laughs> in, the, in the same coaches' meetings. So. Indeed. You know, yeah, he shots were fired, but he just fired him in a very diplomatic way as he yeah. kept it moving as what the current head coach of the current reigning national champions in college football, the end. So I, I love what he did there, especially because to me, it was like the, the whole backpedaling from Nick Saban, who we haven't heard from Jimbo Fisher quite yet, but uh, in, in these SEC spring meetings, but the whole backpedaling that he did and trying to explain himself and explain it away like it's all about the kids and caring for them. Miss me with all that? Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, exactly. I'm, I'm not I'm not believing that, regardless of the example that, that he gave about what happened to some of his kids. I think the other interesting issue is whether or not the SEC is going to go to eight games or, you know, do eight games or nine games and how that's going to ultimately impact. You know, you've got people sitting, you've got teams and, and, and organizations sitting on the fence because, of course, they're looking at, well, does that 
giveaway, speaking of Mickey Mouse and cupcakes, does that minimize the number of Mickey Mouse <laughs> cupcakes games? We're trying to get the B-Bowl eligible around here. We're trying to get the six wins. Y'all tripping. eligibility and our ability to line our pockets in the college football postseason, hmm, I don't know about that. And I think the other piece of it, which I don't think is going to happen, is some have, of course, voiced concern on whether or not that means some of the rivalry games will go yeah. away that are non-conference. But I do think those are the things that are going to be saved even if the SEC ends up going to that uh, nine-game system, if you will. So interesting to see some the uh, – and we'll continue to talk about it as the SEC spring meetings continue for the rest of the week. But, yeah, I love that Kirby said, you know what, let me just get this foolishness out of the way so we can keep moving with the, the business at hand. Indeed. And I think that that nine-game schedule is – nine-game conference schedule is something that's going to go yeah. through because you get three games that are – Team, you get three teams that you play every year, and I think you'll yeah. definitely wouldn't be an issue getting your rival, so to speak. Um, especially yeah, when you know yeah. Oklahoma and Texas join the SEC with their schedule to do in 2025. Yeah. So, all right, coming up next, though, T, you know, you were you 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 pinpointed the guy that I said I actually liked a little bit better than the guy that I actually picked for, for the Falcons to pick up, but. Akeem Hicks signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He signed with the wrong team in the NST South. What are the Falcons going to do now? We'll discuss all of that next right here on ATL Day 1s with Jarvis the T, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to ATL Day 1s. I am Tanitra. This is Jarvis. And if you guys could hear the conversations between Texas, oh that actually might give us the five-star reviews that we keep having. Yes, yes, yes. Come on with it. The download <laughs> of this podcast. Do you hear me? One day we are actually going to low-key tape some of those out cues, those outtakes rather, and we're going to send them you guys away because I promise you it will keep you rolling. But speaking yes. of rolling, we're going to keep rolling along here just like we do all the time on the Locked On Sports Network here in Atlanta. Thank you guys for stopping by YouTube to subscribe, to follow us, and like us as well. And you know what? Jarvis and I, we have some likes, but we also have some dislikes. Let's just be real. So we liked what we saw out of the SEC spring meeting, which is why it was fun. We didn't like what we saw from the Braves last night, and we do not like that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers scooped up our guy. Yep, that's right. Come we on, actually man. called him our guy because we just knew <laughs> that Akeem Hicks would be a wonderful fit for the Falcons in a prove-it year, so to speak. But guess who gave him mm -hmm. a prove-it con uh, contract? The team that is doing that all over the place, and that yes. is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Jarvis, you made a great point because in talking about the possibilities of him bolstering Dean Peace defense and now knowing that he's gone, the question becomes, is there a possibility for another veteran out there? Because honestly, what that tells us as well is that's probably – the last days of Ndamukong Sue putting on a Buccaneers uniform, right? And right. so the question becomes, because there is some cap room and some space there uh, for the Falcons, is there somebody out there possibly that they can go after because we wanted them to, the guy we wanted them to pursue is gone, and would that be Sue or would that be someone else? You know what? I have to, I would have to go with Duncan Consu because yeah, when you think yeah. about it, you know when you think about it, the guy's thirty five years old now. Mm -hmm. I know he's up there; he's a little long in the tooth. And I think that you know, Keem Hicks signed for a one year deal up to two, yes. ten million dollars. So you yeah. know, of course, it's an incentive laden contract, and I, and I get it, and I totally understand it. But Sue sure. is a little bit older than him, so 
I think if you can kind of maybe figure out how to make work some magic with that with with a salary cap maybe from uh, eight million up to eight million or right. up to six or seven million, I think that soon would be enticing. I think that's going to be something that's going as you get closer to training camp. Mm-hmm. You know, you can probably take a look at because. Uh, I know, you know, there are a lot of depth charts floating around out there, you know, and they had John Kaminsky as the start, one of the starting defensive ends, but he's no yeah. longer on and the squad anymore. Yeah, and, and we knew, and we that, knew that that wasn't going to be the case yeah. because, yeah. like, like just pay attention to how he's played the past couple of years, and yeah. that'll kind of give you your answer that you need. We're not going to down somebody that's trying to live out their dream, but you know, right. we're just going to keep it straight right here. But I, I think that Sue is a guy that they probably need to take a look at because, and here's why. Mm-hmm. This guy had 13 quarterback hits, so yes. he's push. He can push that middle of the pocket, and he has six sacks. T six yes. sacks. Yeah, yeah. Like, like a third of how many they know. had total. Exactly. Falcons only had 18 total. 18 so he's talking about. Yeah. So, and I'm not even expecting him to have six. If you can give four and a half, five, because I think right now it's all about piecemealing this thing together. Because uh, you don't have a you don't have a, a designated guy that you say, hey, I know he can get double digit sacks. You got yeah. some guys who may have some capabilities of that. They might mm-hmm. have the tools to get it, but it's all about putting it on the field, right? It's all about yeah. the production. That's what we talk about right here on this show. And I think that when you look at how that how what the, you know if you frame it where you know if he doesn't get what he what he got you last year and he's mm-hmm. a year older and he may have slowed down just a little bit even if you get me four three and a half four sacks maybe even four and a half I would be perfectly fine with uh the the Falcons taking the or kicking the tire so to speak on the Donkey Kong too right and right now at that defensive tackle position there are a very limited number of quality free agents that are still available, but there's another giant that the Falcons went after to give him maybe that proven contract in a Lorenzo Carter. So maybe you want to go after a giant by the name of Dalvin Tomlinson, because if you're talking about the fact that we're looking at just some higher productivity, if you will, right, just give, right. give me something. You at least had three and a half sacks, right? Right. Yep. Um, um, in back-to-back games. And so that's something that you can kind of think of, albeit, you know, from a couple of years ago, but there, there's some thoughts about um, him maybe being an option for the prove it year, if you will. And he's younger, there you go. so that could help you as well. And, you know, when you look at the fact that we talked about, yes, we do want the player who's going to give opportunities to have the, get the quarterback on the ground, but we also didn't want to take away the importance of affecting the quarterback in some way, shape or form. And then you might look at somebody like, you know, uh, you might want to look uh, going going west, if you will, to mm-hmm. a Shelby Harris and kind of seeing what he might bring to the table. Again, a little bit younger, if you will, but right. maybe somebody who could possibly uh, be available. Uh, that's some, you know, someone you can look at. But ultimately speaking, I think the Falcons, you know, still have some options out there. But I agree with you. If I'm going with maybe a proven commodity who still probably has something left in the tank, I could see him having a chip on his shoulder. I could certainly see Indomitian Sue being that person. Now, you said it in the last segment, and we talked about it offline, and that is the fact that you're right. It is June 1st. And for months and months and months, we thought that this was going to be kind of a D-Day. No, intended. Mm-hmm. But we thought this was going to <laughs> truly be a D-Day, as in a Deion Jones type of D-Day, right? Right. Thought that for months, and then all of a sudden, we get word last week that he had shoulder surgery. 
to mm -hmm. clean up some, some debris in the shoulder and then he was going to be out for the entire offseason. So that kind of changed things and it made us think like, okay, June 1st is here, but so is Deion Jones. He's still here. So where are we in that space in terms of thinking, where are the Falcons going to go? Are they going to keep him? If they're interested in letting him go, Jarvis, do they even have as much leverage as they did now that we know about that offseason surgery? Where exactly are we now that we finally come to sort of this marker or this sort of this line in the sand? You know what? To be honest with you, I'm kind of in the space where I don't think this surgery and for those who are listening on our audio platforms I'm putting I'm putting out air quotes there mm -hmm. and I don't think it's as serious as people make it seem like mm -hmm. it is like oh yeah he's out for the offseason when have you ever heard anything like that only right. the Atlanta Falcons would come up with a term right. oh yeah he's out for the offseason when have you heard injury reports in the offseason T like yeah. like these are the, some of the th questions you need to be asking yourself when you think about okay this is a very convenient situation when it comes to Deion Jones and this announcement that was made for him to, you know, let everybody for everybody to let everybody know that he will not be participating in the offseason program because we all we, we get it right. We understand we're not slow. We understand that he's not going to be on the team. Look at all the moves that they made. And that was some of the things that kind of help you understand, like, okay, the Falcons are getting ready to move on, you yep. know, once they get the right deal, right? Because I think that's what it's all about. And it only makes sense for them to go mm -hmm. ahead and trade him and to free up just a little – a little bit of money, you know, and that might be something that you can use to go towards a veteran like Donkey Kong Swing or Dalvin Thompson. Those are the that's how you, you know, when you that's why you wait around to after June first to kind of see what put some feelers out there. Because I know there's some there'll be some suitors. Like I know we talked about how Dion has kind of fallen off with his with his play, but yeah. I think it's something still there. Uh, Dion is a guy that I've Got a pretty good idea that he'll be motivated uh, once oh, the Falcons no. trade him. <laughs> like, there is no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I know he's from around the way. You know what I'm saying? In Louisiana. So, I know that he'll be motivated if he gets the another opportunity to go to another team. And, and I think the Cowboys would be a perfect fit for him. Because, yeah. you know, they have some issues with injuries and, and different uh, and guys that necessarily don't necessarily know how to finish seasons, yeah. you know, and that's one thing Dion can do. He's going to be out there. That, that's for sure. And I think mm -hmm. he'll have a, a really good opportunity for to kind of make some headway out there. But I think yeah. right now is I, I think the big the big piece right now is. How do they trade him? That I think that the how do they figure out how to trade him? Do do they, you know, um, make phone calls and start mm -hmm. working the phones to see what's out there? Get in contact with, yeah. you know, uh, Dion's agent. Like, hey, go ahead and start seeking a trade. See who's out. See who's interested in all in all that thing. Because I don't think the conversation really matters at this point, T. Because, yeah. like you said, the Falcons got stuff to do. Right? They got to figure out his contract situation. They got to mm -hmm. figure out how to get that off the books and take that L this year and not yeah. wait around to next year and they have to you know they still need there's still a couple of moves to be made if they really want to compete this this season 
Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it definitely will be interesting. But it was funny when we looked at the calendar and said, oh, wait a minute. This is the day mm -hmm. that everybody had been talking about for months that we thought was going to be that. This DJ. is the day. Yeah, <laughs> this is the day. Come, <laughs> you know, right? With, without any, any movement per se now. But, yeah, that's still something that I'm sure is on the table. And course correction from earlier, by the way, on uh, Shelby Harris. He's with the Seahawks. So you guys, of course, correct on that. I don't mind making a correction because I'd rather you guys have the right information Indeed. going into this offseason and wondering who is going to fill the void for the Falcons, the number of voids. And listen, we get to see some things on Friday as well because that's really going to be an opportunity, another open practice to kind of also see what they're working with, with the players, the personnel they currently have. So we're getting closer and closer to getting to a point where we can see that roster kind of taking form and taking shape for the Falcons. But speaking of seeing things take form or things that don't even need to take form because they're always taken from everywhere because that's just what the NFL does. Right. We have yet another opportunity to mold and shape the way things go and rob the bank again. And speaking of highway robbery, there is somebody who has been robbing the fountain of youth for forever. And that is why I think that the Celtics are winning in maybe a way that you guys don't know about that's off the court. You want to know what we're talking about? Come back um, for the culture. That's on the other side of the break. It's Jarvis and Tanitra right here on ATL Day One. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We want to say thank you, y'all. To, for what you've been doing and supporting Locked On Sports Atlanta. You guys have been liking and subscribing and checking us out and doing yeah. everything you possibly can to let us know how much you love us. Continue to let us know how much you love us by giving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcast. We're on all the platforms, every last one of them. So don't make any excuses. And go ahead and tell us you love us and make sure you move that, that bar all the way over to five stars. Really appreciate that. All right, for those you don't know, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. And sometimes, some days, it's just whatever the hell we want to talk about. That's just how we get down. T, let me tell you, you know, the NFL is uh, like you can't seem to can't lose. If you work for the NFL or are affiliated with the NFL or a player or a coach, like it's just a lot of money involved when it comes to when you sit here, those three letters put together, right? So now the NFL trying to do it again. They are, they said, according to the Sports Business Journal, National Football League is planning to launch a live game streaming app in July. And they're planning on for the low cost of five bucks a month. Now, mm -hmm. I know people are probably saying, like, wait a minute. Don't y'all have all these major uh, TV companies and cable companies paying all your all these fees and stuff to broadcast y'all stuff? Why are they doing this? You know, and I think that you know when you think about it, T, when how people kind of are in the space where they're used to streaming. You know, I know a lot. Of, I know I was kicking and screaming to go to it, but you know, at the end of the day, it's a little bit mm -hmm. less expensive than actually cable. But yeah. I found myself to kind of coming back to cable because of the sports. Like that's that's my thing. Oh, you know, we, we yeah. have to be able yeah. to follow sports and talk. You know, talk about these things. So we, you know, to do you all a good service, mm -hmm. we have to have cable in order to yeah. watch those games, so we can give our you know, a genuine opinion about what's going on. So I, I think that this is an interesting move, but my mm -hmm. question to you though, T is like, is the NFL just being a little bit too greedy? No, 
Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they show us who we are, right? Like they show you who you are, believe yeah. it, right? <laughs> this is who they are. They are at. They are always going to go after every revenue stream there is. And yeah, okay, low key is greedy, but it's also just good business, and it's also right. just being proactive because more and more people are cutting the cord. And you are absolutely right. People like you and me who have to watch sports for a living, or even those who are diehard sports fans and they can't get around that regional sports network, if you will, because that's where they're gonna see their baseball games or their basketball games, for example, or they have to watch uh, the affiliated network, like, network, like mm-hmm. NBA TV, NFL right. network, network, MLB yeah. TV. You have to have cable for it, right? However, mm-hmm. however, the more we look at it, the more there's opportunity for watching sports and consuming it in different ways, right? Amazon is coming out with their lineup, if you will. You can now consume sports on YouTube. There are some games that just go Twitter live. So why not jump on into the streaming platform, if you will, jump into that space, NFL, own the space like you do everything else and get paid to own it. Smart business move and smart to see what the trajectory of sports is going to be going forward. And, you know, and when that when in actuality, when you think about it, like mm-hmm. the NFL brand is probably as, as strong as it's possibly ever been. Right. Oh, Whether, right. Wrong or indifferent. Right, right. Whether, <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like, regardless of what type of news is going on about players getting in trouble or the amount of money that these guys made or the owners, you know, preaching diversity, but not really doing it themselves. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever the topic is, I think mm-hmm. that the NFL rules. 12 months a year they figured out how to do that and yes. i think that yes. with them putting out a app that's only five bucks a month now granted you still have to pay for the internet to be able to do it and they say they're going to be on your mobile device you're going to be able to access it via your mobile device so that's reasonable this may be something that some a lot of people might be interested in and you're talking, talking about five dollars a month man the nfl yeah. is at it again i can't hardly blame them. all right one one person that uh, another guy i can't uh Blame T, the guy who's about to get ready to marry Neil Long, and I know people like who are you talking about? I'm talking about the head coach of the Boston Celtics, Emil Odoka. You know, I hope I didn't butcher his name, T. I know, I know you're probably sitting there like, man, I ain't pronouncing the wrong name, but yeah, Emil Odoka. You know, after the Game Seven win against the Miami Heat, Neil Long was you know put posted a video on Twitter of her just celebrating. And, and it seems like she kept celebrating over and over again because I think I might have watched that video like 12 times in a row. I don't know yeah, why. <laughs> I, yeah, thank you for that. Sorry, you know. I, I don't know why. I just watched it, you know. It, you know. Yeah, it, was, it was good to see a, 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 a fiancé supporting her, you know, person she's about to get ready to marry. That's why, yeah. There you go, Nia. Good job, Nia. But, but yeah, like, like you mentioned earlier in the show, like, like we have no idea how old Nia Long is because she looks exactly the same when we first saw her on screen at Friday in nineteen ninety five. Like she no. looks exactly the same. Right. This is ridiculous, I take right? It back, I take it back even further than that because if you grew up in the South, then your grandmother during summers probably forced you to watch soap operas. So she mm. was actually one of the first African American young actresses on a soap opera, she played uh, uh, this character named Kat on the oh, Guiding really? Light. Yes. Really? So many people actually wow. saw her back in that day. 
And she has a long-standing relationship with this guy, David. But anywho, yeah, Neil was like the baddest bra back then. And I promise you, if you took that picture and took the picture from her celebration Sunday night. She might look better. So I figure we don't know what's going to happen on the court in the best of seven series that starts tomorrow night between the Warriors and the Celtics. But we do know somebody who's already winning off the court, and that is Emei Doka because that is his love, and that oh. is Nia Long for keeping it tight and right all these years and giving everybody goals. My goodness gracious. So, yeah, you know, we're just giving the queen all the flowers while we can because regardless of the outcome off the court on the court off the court whoo folks is winning anyway you guys will be winning as well if you make your first stop here on the locked on sports network atl day ones but make your second stop hitting heart with john chuckery because let me tell you if there is nothing else in this world that you want to check out once you finish checking us out it is hearing chuck give commentary on what's going on in dustin with those sec meetings and most definitely was going on with those Atlanta Braves down there at Truist Parker, in this case, on this seven-game road stretch that they are on right now. You want to hear us talk more about it tomorrow? Come back, because that's what we got on tap for you guys. And hopefully, we'll talk a little bit about what Coco Golf is continuing to do at the French Open as well. And the Dream have a game tonight, another home game. They are back on with their winning ways, and we look for them to continue that tonight. So, for Jarvis, I am Tanisha. Thank you guys for stopping by. See you tomorrow. Y'all come back now, you hear?